welcome to the just on fire episode of the Shadow Shadowrunner podcast in which we are going to review Game of Thrones season 8 episode 5 The Bells Good night punk What's up dude How's it going Going fantastic friend All right well now we have an episode of Game of Thrones to talk about is that what we're doing, or are we talking about Chernobyl episode two? Um, is it not the same thing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well played, sir. All right. So. All right. What? There's been so much controversy. I've been on Reddit. I've been on the Twitter. I've been on the Facebook. And I mean. What did you think? There's There's been a lot of controversy about people not particularly being too crazy about what happened here. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are finally something happened that we didn't expect and I liked it. Maybe I'm an anarchist. I you don't know. didn't expect I thought, it? Uh, let me just say, okay, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe not to that degree. I thought she would... Maybe I thought... Let me say it this way. I thought she would still kill the soldiers. I didn't think she was going to go after all the innocent people. Okay, so there's... When they throw all, when they all throw down their swords, I figured they're going to kill them anyway. All right, so... I didn't think that it was going to go that far. There, there is so much to unpack in this episode. I actually took notes. I'm going to have to pull my notes up because there were several things that I wanted to make sure I talked about. Um, so just to review the whole episode as a whole, we have Tyrion telling Danny that she's been betrayed and that the betrayal came from Barris, in which Danny is then like, no, it was actually Jon Snow. Then we have the reunion of Tyrion and Jamie because Jamie's dumbass gets captured by Danny's forces, which is a whole nother deal. We have the ultimate showdown between Jamie and Euron, which nobody gave a shit about. We have the Clegane Ball 2019. We'll talk about that. We had <laughs> Dragon Lady burning everything. There was controversy on the crossbows that apparently had decreased accuracy in the uh, 805 update. We had, um, I mean, there was a hell of a lot that went on. So let's just start start from the very beginning with the with everything that happened between Danny, Tyrion, and uh, Varys in the beginning. Um, what do you think? So you're going to start with thinking about the next episode. So basically, Tyrion tells Daenerys that Varys is turning on her. And Varys hears the soldiers coming for him and does something that I think is going to mean something. And we don't know okay. yet what that is. Why did he take off all his This rings? is the thing that I've been trying to figure out because I have no idea. Um... 
I think it's got to mean something, right? And I have no idea what it means, but they made take special attention to him taking off those rings before he was taken. So we have the whole conversation between him and his little bird. Uh, trying to remember where her name was. Margaret? M. Sorry, with Nim, I think. So mm-hmm. we had the scene where she came in and told him, you know, you know, Danny's not eating. Uh, we'll try again at supper. Really hinting that Varys has gone full on betrayal. He's decided he's going to try to poison Danny. He's going to try to kill her with poison. I mean, he's he he's done. Um, and this will factor into a topic we'll discuss here in a little bit. But so he mentions that in the beginning of the episode, you see him writing, talking about. John being Aegon Targaryen, the rightful ruler of the throne. It's daytime. He's writing this letter. And then the part you mentioned, right before he takes off his rings, he's writing another one of those letters. It's nighttime. It's quite a bit later. How many of these notes has he written out? How many ravens has he sent to God only knows where, delivering these letters all across the Seven Kingdoms? And then you have the guards come in and... He takes off the rings and burns the letter. And then I've never done this before, but if you light something on fire, put it in something and put a cover over it, there's going to be no oxygen. That fire is not going to keep going. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that yeah, letter yeah. would not have burned up. That's that's physics. Exactly. And we love physics around here. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I, I don't know if that was just a screw up in which it should have been left to keep burning it or what the deal was there, but that combined with him taking off the rings, I don't know if it's supposed to be a sign of, um, can touch mentions the lid being perforated maybe that's a possibility we'll, we'll just say the letter burned up because that's a pretty good argument what if you know one of his little birds came in and the rings are a sign that hey they're on to us cya cover your ass don't get caught um that's the only thing that i could think of because something that he wears all the time would obviously be a sign that hey Something's happened to me, and something something's wrong. Um, that's my theory on why he took the rings off. Do, did you have a different theory, or what do you think happened there? I, uh, I feel like it's some kind... If it is anything, I feel like it's something that is not a normal ritual or whatever, and we'd figure it out in the next episode, so... If it makes sense, if it means anything, we'll yeah. find out. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, Chameleon mentions in the live chat about just him taking them off at the end of the day, kind of signifying, you know, the end that you know. Uh, it's obviously something that he does because he knows what's about to happen, but um, it's you know just kind of odd. Um, so. As for the scene of him actually getting executed, they take him outside. 
And it's dark. It's nighttime. You have this great scene between him and Tyrion where Tyrion basically tells him, hey, I'm the one who did it. And uh, Varys is, you know, just as flat out honest as possible. And he's just kind of like, you know, I I hope I'm wrong. And you, it really sells as far as his character goes. Because like I mentioned in the other podcast... I'm just getting started into the book. So uh, one thing that I keep hearing though, is that Varys is a lot more manipulative and kind of, I don't want to say self-centered, but self looking out for himself than he is in the show, because this is something that really nails in the coffin that he is for the realm. I mean, he sacrifices himself. He understands what's going to happen. And he just truly hopes that he is dying because he is wrong, even though he doesn't think he is. And then you have that scene with, you know, Tyrion grabbing his hand, just being like, you know, I'll miss your friend. And it's just that whole scene is just so good. It's. It's great. I mean, it's the way he died, the execution. You see Drogon's face come out of nowhere. And just the... I don't know what um, what word would really describe Danny's expression. But, I mean, she is so just flat and almost emotionless whenever she says Dracarys. And Drogon, you know, burns Ferris to a crisp, basically. Uh, you know, one thing she didn't do as well that she had been doing was asking for final words. She didn't ask him if he had any final words. Just killed him. She didn't? Interesting. Huh. So that was different than the last time we saw that an execution like that. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, Tyrion almost kind of let him do that in a way, but yeah, that I mean, that's that's interesting. I I did not even catch that. Um, that's a good point. And you had John there standing yeah. there. <clears throat> looking traumatized because earlier in that episode you had seen the the scene where John finally arrives to Dragonstone. He's walking up the beach and Varys meets him and Varys is basically like without flat out saying it, he's like I know you're Aegon Targaryen. Oh, we, we need you to be the one who rules. That Danny's not fit to rule. I mean Something that we've seen from Varys throughout the all eight seasons has been he's so calculated as far as knowing what to do, his actions. He has a specific order of things that he does. He he lays these hints and he manipulates things. At this point, he I think after Masandi lost her head, literally, not just went crazy. He knew what was about to happen. And 
So at this point, he's just throwing Hail Marys. He's doing whatever he can to, you know, to try and stop Danny because he knows where this is leading to. And, mm-hmm. I mean, this really sells me on the fact that Varys was for the realm and not just looking out for himself is, you know, everything that happens with him. Um you know, as a guy that, you know, as Tyrion mentions, a guy that serves so many kings and the fact that he, he kind of sees where Danny's going and, you know, Tyrion's obviously not convinced because he ratted him out, but. Um, yeah, uh, chicken bottom, I see your point in chat and I will get to that because it's. What I've been waiting for yes. as well. Oh, we will definitely get to so, that. So acknowledging that after after Varys gets totally and completely fried, we go to the scene where John and Danny, uh, you know, John goes to approach Danny in the uh, in her her room, or I, I don't know what the hell you'd call it, and they kind of have this moment where. <laughs> You know, she she starts talking to John and they kind of start kissing and, you know, well, before they start kissing, he's like, you know, you're my queen. And she's like, is that all I am to you? And they start kissing. And then he kind of backs off. And then she's like, all right, then let it be fear. It's just one. One more thing. One more person that she trusts. One more person that she loves that's not behind her. That's not 100% with her. They have this connection that we we honestly didn't really... I mean, it's not like we saw that much of John and Danley being madly in love. We don't entirely know how John felt, I don't think. It's... um, I think once he found out he was a Targaryen, his feelings were gone. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that long after they slept together on the boat that he found out he's a Targaryen. And, um... Like, I've made a huge mistake. Pretty much, exactly. So... I wasn't particularly surprised that he wasn't really willing to get, you know, down with his aunt, basically. And so, of course, then she's like, well, let it be fear then. And she's basically telling him that, you know, or that she understands the reason that he is still following her is because he fears her, not because he loves her. That's why he keeps calling her the queen. And I think that's the thing they're trying to sell home is the fact that he's, you know, it's it's not because he loves her. And... Like you said, with John, John's situation is so much different because of the family connection. But, I mean, after Masande died, Varys died, betrayed her. Tyrion has betrayed her. She knows that Sansa told Tyrion, relying on the fact that Tyrion's going to tell everyone and spread the fact that you know, of who John is. 
she's down to nobody that she can trust besides Grey Worm. Uh, he's literally the only advisor that she still has that that she can truly rely on. And it, and he's he's totally in his right mind after Masande is dead. Excellent point. Great person to get advice exactly. from. Exactly. Let's ask him. A hundred percent. He's totally not in grief right now. Totally doesn't want to see people die. Exactly. What do you think, I, Grey Worm? What should exactly. we do? Exactly. I mean, madly in love with Masande. He loses her. She was Danny's closest advisor. Been with her for so long. I mean, just... I mean, what do you do when you have someone that's that important to your cause, your most trusted advisor, everyone that is close to you, everyone that you trust is just falling like dominoes, just in such a short time span. And they they do a pretty good job driving this home, in my opinion. I know a lot of people, it doesn't seem like a lot of people felt that way. I certainly did. So, we had we had Varys plotting to poison her, try kill her. We had we had John betrayer, we had Tyrion betrayer, we had Varys betrayer. Then we get to action time. <laughs> and there was action. Okay. So many people are annoyed about the whole scorpion situation. The fact that they didn't land a single bolt on Drogon. I don't get how this is the most... Before we get to that, I want to mention something. Because I'm going to rant. Something important. Before we get to the action, Tyrion went to Davos... And told him, asked him for a favor, which I can only assume is for him to smuggle, or it might have been outright said, but for him to smuggle Jamie and Cersei off yes. to another continent if they got to the boat. So Tyrion's already at the point where he's already knee deep in betrayal. That he's already he's yep, he's going. A that's little a good deeper. point. So and. The the whole scene, so, you know, whenever Danny's basically telling Tyrion, you fail me again, you're a dead man. Um, I mean, she doesn't really mix words there. She's pretty clear about what's going on. You then get the scene of John and Tyrion. They're traveling in the boat. They're traveling to, um, you know, the mainland and... Danny had told Tyrion that they had captured Jamie. One thing that I do find interesting if she has found that Jamie is captured by her men and he's going back to get Cersei after everything that happened at King's Landing in which she wanted to kill Jamie, why doesn't she kill Jamie? Why is he held in captive in a tent? This just don't. But they killed Varys. But she quick. killed Varys so quick. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me. I why she she would have had 
that there is so much with I the biggest stuff in this episode that made zero sense whatsoever was tied to Jamie. This is one of them. She would have had him shipped to Dragonstone in front of Drogon to the Executioner and hacked his burned him to a crisp. That's what would have happened. I don't buy for a second that she would have let guards watch him. I I just I'm I am totally not buying that part. But let's say Confused. I do buy it. Okay? Make much sense. So you have Tyrion go and he basically sells the um I forget what they're called. Grey Worm's men to basically leave the Unsullied, thank you. Unsullied. The Unsullied to basically leave Tyrion alone with Jamie, who is captive in a tent. Jamie gets in there and, of course, lets him go. But you do have this great... I, this scene was great, but I feel like you still could have done this with something happening different. I just, I, I don't know. You could have made this happen a different way. This is a little bit more believable. Anyway. You had this great scene with Tyrion and Jamie where where my yawns get in the way. So where where Tyrion is, you know, basically telling Jamie that, you know, whatever happens, if it costs me it costs me my life and it saves people, it's worth it. And he just thanks Jamie for always being there for him. And, you know, just because his childhood was hell because he's an imp. And that whole scene emotionally was extremely good. Very well done. Very well written. Excellent. I just don't buy how Jamie and Tyrion actually connected. I just, I feel like not entirely believable. What do you think? I don't know. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I've always felt like they had, he was, his, Jamie was the only connection he had. No question. And yes. All, all that time that wasn't in the shows between them two, we don't know. And I feel like whatever it was is what caused the connection here. Which is what made it believable to me, because... Oh, I think the scene was believable. I mean, as far as the act... So, as a whole, the acting and everything this season has been spectacular. Just absolutely spectacular. Uh, this, this scene is just heart-wrenching, because you see... You see Tyrion and the grief, and... Just being so grateful for having Jamie, but still risking his life so that Jamie can go try to find Cersei, which we'll get to. So stupid. We will. Um, all right, so Tyrion basically lets him go, and Jamie escapes and heads off to King's Landing. Oh man! All right, and, and he did not quite get. He, uh, he got there. Well, he, he got, got there. there. 
But he did not have a fun He did not way. get there in time. Um, all right, so are you ready to talk about the crossbows, scorpions, the big freaking things? Suddenly broken. Impossible to hit a dragon. Everyone keeps saying that. Suddenly, I, I don't agree. Suddenly, she can. Suddenly, she can now fly behind them, and they can't turn fast enough after missing their first shot. Suddenly, we've figured out that if we move around to the point direction they're not pointing at, we have a very good chance of blowing them up before they can turn and shoot. So, we're not going to do that on the water, but we're going to do it on the wall of King's Land. So. I am going to defend this because I don't understand all the outrage about it. From a... F- I wouldn't have outrage if it wasn't terribly inconsistent with how the ships were. Because on the wall, you can shoot straight. If someone comes from behind you, you can flip that bitch around and shoot the other way without fear of hitting anything. On a ship, if you spin it around backwards, now you're shooting at your mask. You're shooting at your sails. You're shooting at people. It's impossible to turn it on that. But on the, the wall, it's more, uh, it's less believable to me than a ship going around the back of a ship. Because on the top of the wall, you have a 360 radius you can shoot in. On a ship, you have about, you know, a cone on the front of the ship where you're not going to hit it. So it doesn't make any sense. So obviously it had to happen to make this part of the but show here, happened, here's but. the difference here here's the thing that i'm not sure people are thinking about last week when rega went down they were ambushed they were unexpected they were flying so have you ever gone skeet shooting okay yeah it's a skeet shooting you throw a clay disc in the air and you shoot it do you know how you hit it you project where it's traveling and you hit it. Because it's an unsuspecting target that's traveling at a certain speed and distance that you calculate mentally as you're watching it, as you're targeting it. Well, what are you shooting? I don't... <laughs> Shotgun? Probably doesn't, probably matter, doesn't matter as much, but it, I mean, you still got to shoot in the vicinity of it. Yeah, you're right. The same the same idea applies. Exactly. So it's like shooting that versus something that keeps moving back and forth. It's easier to shoot something when it's going on a projected trajectory that you can anticipate, which was the situation last week whenever they shot Regal down, where you're able to see the dragon flowing. They're able to line up and shoot and hit the damn thing. And put three bolts in before they realize what's happening. Once Rhaegar went down, once Danny realized what the hell was happening, no bolts were ever landed anymore. None hit Droga. They weren't able to hit anything else because they knew it was coming. That was the same thing this week. Danny knew where they were. They knew what to expect. That's why they didn't land any. It's not that... It's not that things magically change. It's not like stormtroopers that were so precise in episode four versus can't hit the broadside of a barn in episode five. It's completely different. It's it's a situation of an unexpected target that has no idea that there's a war going on versus a target that comes in 
prepared, knowing where you're at, ready to raise hell. And that's the first scene that we've seen where we see Drogon and Danny coming down in line with the sun. Have you ever tried to shoot at, like, you know, a, a clay disc that's thrown into the sun? You're not going to hit it. You can't see a damn thing because it's in the freaking sun. <laughs> so, of course, they're not going to be able to hit him coming down from the sun as he starts unleashing complete and total hell. And then once you get in close against the ships, you're flying in tight. You have this weapon that's hundreds of pounds, I assume. It takes multiple people to move the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, good luck getting two men moving the thing to turn it in a position to where you can target and pull the trigger and shoot an arrow and hit a dragon that's moving sideways in front of you, what, 50 to 100 feet in front of you? It's like it's like trying to use a sniper rifle to hit someone that's 20 feet from you. It don't make any sense. You want a handgun. You don't want a freaking sniper rifle. These things were made for taking out dragons at long distances because you're not going to be fighting dragons at close distances. That's not the idea. That's why the dragons got in close and burned the whole effing fleet to the ground. It's just, I don't understand how this was the thing that so many people were bitching about when, if you think about it, it kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're right. I'm still laughing at the chat comment. This is all physics too, I think. That that's true. We love <laughs> physics. I mean, for an app It's all about physics on this I show. I mean, this this basically might as well be the shattered physics podcast. So yeah. Alright, so shattered you have physics. Danny coming down from the sun, raining like hell. The everything. Every single thing with the dragons in this episode is brilliant. It is so good. Just get getting to watch these dragons lay waste. When a dragon knows what you're trying to kill it with, whenever it comes in to attack, that is what this episode showed. Somebody with a dragon, it, you can't stop them. If you don't surprise attack them, you are screwed because th there is no stopping it. You you have Drogon come in and burn down the entire Iron Fleet in a matter of minutes, melting and destroying everything. Probably not even minutes, seconds. You have Euron jump off the boat. <laughs> Apparently, we'll get to that. And and then you have Drogon go up and start torching all the scorpions on the wall. Just the every it's so good. Um has there been a more exciting scene in Game of Thrones? It probably has, but I can't think of one. I mean, just the spectacle of watching these dragons burn shit to the ground was awesome. Like uh, you I don't care if you hate it or love this episode. You cannot tell me when you were watching Drogon burn all those scorpions on the freaking wall, you weren't like, yeah! Come on. I'll tell you what I liked about this episode. All right. It was chock full of action, and I could actually see it. That's, Unlike the Battle of Winterfell. That's totally fair. 
That is totally I could fair. could see what was happening, which made it even cooler. Can't disagree. I'm sure the battle of Winter. I'm sure the battle battle of Winterfell would have Batter. been awesome if they turned the lights on. But that's fair. The that's lights fair. were off, and you couldn't see nothing. You know, that's fair. Should have been brighter. I don't disagree. But um, so you you have Drogon going around, burning the whole freaking city down, burning everything, and then you have. Uh, the the scene where you have Grey Worm and John standing off against the Golden Company, and you start hearing the sound in the background. Everybody's looking around like what's happening, and then and then all of a sudden Drogon just comes out of nowhere and destroys the front gate, smashing and destroying the Golden Company. I mean, this was this was a pretty kick ass scene, right? <laughs> made them look like you could say this is what I saw in that uh, when I was in the Navy I joined up for that right I did get paid for it but it wasn't like I'm like oh, I want a bunch of money pay me and I'm gonna go off and fight for someone else no I went and fought for them this is what I saw in their eyes and maybe this was acting or maybe with me it was just this was just me portraying it onto them in that moment but everyone standing in those ranks was like, why the hell am I here? Like, I can look at all these people yeah. standing across ready to kill me. I'm here just to make money. And I hear something coming from behind me. What? Why am I here? What have I got myself into? 100%. And then s- suddenly the wall from behind blows up and you just, and everyone starts charging in. And you're, you're all dead. It's just. That's the end. And I love the, uh, the the scene earlier in the episode between Danny and Grey Worm when she's like, you'll know when. And I I, I would say they knew when. I, I would say she made it pretty obvious. I mean. Yeah. If you don't know, go now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. All right. So you, you have the Northerners and the Unsullied run in, start slaughtering the Golden Company, getting into the city, uh, start fighting around. You have... Um, you have Jamie fighting through, trying to get into the city so they can get to the Red Keep, where Cersei is. You have Arya and the Hound trying to get in there. So you have all these scenes kind of going on in between. And... And then basically all the scorpions get burned. Uh, Cersei, <laughs> Cersei says to Kyburn, like you know, you know, all it takes is one shot from the scorpion, and you know, Kyburn's like, they're all gone, your we grace. Don't have any more scorpions, and like her face just gets so blank. I- you blanked the whole time, and I'm like, why are you still here? Has there? Everyone's telling you to leave. Get the out. Has there been a better character in a TV show than Cersei Lannister? She didn't do a hell of a lot this season, but just... I'll say things that'll make people mad if I answer that question, so... What will you say? Go say it. Say it. it. I'm not going to talk about Lost. Go ahead. Oh, Lost. Nobody gives a shit. Um, how's yeah. Lost related? Maybe not now. 
He said, has there been a better character in a oh. TV show? I can think of lots of awesome okay, characters. There's never been a character that I enjoyed hating more than Cersei Lannister. Um, well, that wasn't your question. Well, <laughs> no, that wasn't. As far as hating goes, that's a pretty... That I don't you know what honestly I haven't hated her the whole show. I actually like her character. As far as hating a character goes, Joffrey is probably the character in a TV show I've hated. I hated Joffrey too. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those actors just did a spectacular job. Anyway, so you have Cersei, you know, just kind of getting depressed over the fact that there are no scorpions. And so we finally got the scene where Danny stops and lands on uh you know one of the towers of the outside wall of of King's Landing and Drogon screaming you see Grey Worm and John and the Northmen run up to the Lannister army and the, they throw down their swords they surrender um it's over Yes, it is over. This is, this is where the the, the <laughs> moment of truth it's happens. So over, the bells start yes. ringing. The bells ring. They throw down their swords. And the bells. That start was ringing. such an important part. The, you know, Tyrion just basically begging Danny in the beginning of the episode to, you know, when they ring the bells, lay off because that means that the 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 people have given up. They've surrendered. And and you know they did because the entire episode, or at that point, you could hear it from the, they kept doing it from different angles around the city. People yelling, you know, ring the bells, you know, please stop yeah. this, ring the bells. And they ring the bells and, and you get this great, so th- there is so much knocking on Amelia Clark just kind of all of her facial expressions and stuff just generally acting you can't tell me she didn't sell this shit I mean when she is sitting up on that wall here's the question what do you think was going through Danny's head what was going through while she's sitting up there I She's trying to figure out if I leave these troops alive, you know, are they going to rise against me? If I don't, if I leave them alive, will people respect me? If I kill them, are they going to respect me? If I kill everyone, well, who's left fear me enough to not try anything? Just all kinds of, every scenario is probably trying to go through her head. So she's clearly snapped. And to me, this wasn't what I got from what the director said about the show, but the fact that, I mean, she's really trying to sell you that she's doing something that is against what she wants to do. I get the impression that... She she's in love with a guy who has decided he doesn't love her back. She trusted and loved Missandei. She got executed. 
She trusts Grey Worm. She trusts Tyrion. But yet he kept secrets from her. Who in the hell? Jorah. Jorah is, is dead. dead. Who in the hell is she supposed to trust? What the hell is she supposed to do? Nobody loves her. Like she was said to John, she knows everyone wants John as king. It's it's been a constant over this season. You constantly keep seeing them go back to that that John is who they want as the ruler. He's the guy that's meant to be the king, even though he doesn't want it. She knows that that's what they'll want, and so you you, you get this person that is up there who is. Who has just got everything she's fought for. Who. Who as the bells are ringing. She knows it's over. But. Who, who are they going to want to rule them? The, the person on the dragon or the rightful heir to the throne. Who everyone else. Who has ever served under him wants him to be king. Who keeps saying he doesn't want it. Like, there is so much threat with John clearly not being in love with her. That they've made crystal clear. She doesn't want to do what she has said that she will do. She said that she will rule by fear because she has to. She has said in season one or two that she will burn their cities to the ground. Like, she's been clear about all this. Like, it's this is not a surprise. This doesn't come out of nowhere. She's She's been saying she's going to do this over and over. She just can't make herself not do it because the one thing that she has fought for, the one thing that she has been fighting for the entire time is the crown. To get the throne. From the moment that Viserys died. That has been her goal. Get the crown. She finally gets there. The people surrender. But. They're not going to be ruled by her. They don't want her as queen. She knows they'll want John. They'll want the rightful ruler. The person that. Just instinctively has that. And so, what do you do when people won't support you? You kill everyone who won't. She leaves the Unsullied. She leaves the Dothraki and the Northern Men. And as you see in the episode, there's a scene where John specifically has to kill one of his own, one of his own guys because he's trying to rape a girl. Like it's. I think that's what they're trying to sell. And they 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 sold me. I I mean, what what did you think? Did it come out of nowhere? Did her burning the city come out of nowhere? What do you think? They didn't come out of nowhere. It was been built the entire season. People just didn't want to believe it was going to happen. And then it did and they couldn't see it and they're mad that they didn't see it. And everyone that says this is bad, bad writing. It's so just so out of touch. Now, granted, I I do agree there's bad writing, but here's why. And this is why I think there's bad. 
They wanted what? Eight to ten episodes to do this season in, and they were only given six. No, so no, 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 everything. HBO wanted 10 seasons. They said they could do it in six. Mm, they should have taken 10 episodes right. to do it. It is. They should have taken uh, 10 episodes to do it. I don't it. think that's right. It is. Mm, Look it I up. I still don't think it's right, no matter how much you tell me. Well, I don't we'll, see it. We'll discuss that later. But they should have done the 10 episodes. I totally agree. There is so much nuance, which is part of what made you love Game of Thrones, is the nuance. So much of that was missing. And if they would have just added more to those storylines, more selling, more of the political mashing, I don't think people would be bitching. Like I said, the winter Battle of Winterfell should have been longer than one episode. Totally agree. Like, a lot of these things are all just, there's six episodes left, we gotta get everything in. So, what do you, some of the things they're trying to convey, they're trying to do it in minimal time, to the best of their effort, missing the mark on a lot of them. Yep. I don't think that's because of bad writing, I think it's because they just don't, either, depending on either... Whether either one of us is right. Either they didn't give themselves enough time or they weren't given enough time. Either way, it should have been longer. There should have been a better... Everything should have been... Let's think of it this way. Six episodes was not enough to tell the story. We agree there. Someone gives you a present. They should have given you a present wrapped in Christmas paper with a bow. What they gave you was a Christmas present in newspaper. It's still a present. You're still happy you got it. It's just not wrapped in pretty... As yeah. pretty as it could be. So. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. I I I was completely sold. I. I think I said last week. I, I mean, I expected Danny to go mad. Mad queen. They had sold me up to that point that. I kind of thought that would happen. And this episode did even more to sell me on it. The the betrayal, the the inability to trust. There's no one to trust. There's no one to, I mean, there's no one for her to rely on. There's Grey Worm. That's it. She has the Unsullied. She has the Dothraki. That is all she has. She doesn't have the man she's she, that she loves. The the person. By the way, where did all those living Dothraki come from? Well, that was a lot more than I thought were left. That's all I'm saying. That's a whole different issue <laughs> that we can discuss if you want. But like, oh, here comes 50 people on horses to lead this battle. Yeah. And I'm like, but why? Where were they? Well, I mean, they did talk in uh, episode four about how, you know, the Dothraki leader said they only lost half their guys. I mean, come on. Like, we ain't buying that shit, but whatever. Um so, who the hell knows? But anyway, so Danny does, in fact, either way, she does. She loses it. She goes crazy. Whether you buy it or not, I think they did enough to sell me on it. I mean, I know they did enough to sell me on it. I think they did enough to sell the audience on it. Just in a moment of weakness, like, do you do what you have to do to keep 
the throne. I, I it's if she doesn't burn the city to the ground, John's going to be king. No one's going to no one's going to rule after Danny if she gives mercy, like she said earlier in the episode, mercy to the future generations. What future generations? The future generations of Dothraki? Because the the Unsullied can't screw anything. I mean, where's the next generation coming from? It's going to be a whole generation of Dothraki because you burned everyone! I just, I don't know. What's the, who's the, what's the name of the lady that poisoned, admitted this season that she pointed, poisoned Joffrey? Wasn't this season. That was a while back. Um, or was it the end of last season? I don't know. Uh, it was a long you know time talking ago. About. It was like season five or some shit. No, that was last season. It was the late... Jamie was with her and poisoned her Whenever to he kill her over, and while yeah. she was dying. Because it was in the last... It was Ale- in either this season or the last few of last season. Elena Tyrell. Tyrell. Yeah. So anyways. Where was I going with this? I have no idea where you're going with this. Lost it. That's all right. So, oh no, no. Have you seen okay. the meme? Remember when this season, when Daenerys was talking to Olena Tyrell, she's like, "I refuse to be the the Queen of Ashes." And it's d- like, oh, yeah. Well, I guess we're. I guess you were lying there. Well, I, I mean, this was something we talked about last week, actually that brought up was the scene that Danny had back in, I think season one or two where she has the vision of the iron throne and the, what we think is snow or ash. There was somebody that posted on Reddit that there was a scene that actually showed icicles indicating that it was in fact snow, but as it turned out to be ashes, um, you know, basically you're saying that, you know, she didn't envision and this. Bran had saw... Uh, had saw? That sounds stupid. Bran had seen the dragon seen. flying over over King's Landing. You know, this stuff had all been very clearly foreshadowed. Very clearly evident about what was going to happen. Um, you know, and it's... Uh, you know, like Chameleon mentions in the live chat... It, are you a sheep or a dragon? I mean, Danny knows she's a dragon. Be a dragon. That's what she's been told by her advisors constantly. Be a dragon. You know what dragons do? They destroy effing everything. And that's what she did. I don't know if that's... I think you're assuming a lot about dragons. I've never met one. I don't know if that's their true nature. I know that's the stories that have been told. But we all know stories are not always true so yeah i think dragons destroy shit i think that's safe assumption we'll go with that (laughs) so um all right so i'm my pet peeve of the episode i hated everything to do with with jamie lannister until i thought about something and it made a lot more of it makes sense and made me be okay with it except for one thing 
why, oh, why did they do the stupid scene with Jamie and Euron? I don't care to see Jamie and Euron fight. I don't even care about Euron at all. Let him die on the freaking Iron Fleet out in the middle of the ocean. He just magically swims up right as the time that Jamie's passing by. Come the hell on. That whole fight scene was stupid and should have been removed from the show. Awful, awful, awful. You want to bitch about bad writing? That's bad writing. Writing about something that no one cares about, that doesn't make any sense, that also doesn't satisfactory conclude anyone's storylines. The only good well, thing about died, that scene, so that made me happy. He should have died on the boat. The only thing that made me happy about that, or they gave they okay. They gave him a better death than Cersei. Think about that. <laughs> the only thing I liked about Euron dying was the his final line, I'm the man that killed Jaime Lannister. That is very Euron. I mean, that as far as the character, like they sold me on the character there, but shouldn't have happened. It just it should it's so dumb. I just Oh, I hated that scene so much. That was really the only scene where I'm just And then like, the best part is This is so unbelievable. I killed the I killed the Kingslayer, blah blah blah. And it's like he's on his feet walking to go find Cersei. You don't even know that he's dead. And like I understand two knife shots to the to the to the gut. Probably a good indication that he's going to die, but He's up. He's it was like in the side. I, there are squishy spots on the side. You could get stabbed and kind of be okay. Well, I'm not saying he was for sure dead. The funny part to me is that like he died thinking he was the Kingslayer, and what? Oh yeah, that's the Kingslayer not was yeah. not <laughs> him. Yep. So, all right. So, carrying on with the Jamie stuff, I I hated that scene with Euron so much. The stuff with Tyrion was unbelievable so good some of the best and you know we're so pissed at jamie for leaving brianne to go back to fucking cersei but i i didn't buy it i should have i forget what do you expect him to do here's the question it's. I think he goes and finds the rings, finds the letter that didn't burn because put it in a fire that in a cup that closed, so it didn't actually burn. And he's gonna do what? What Varys was doing? Who? Jamie? Tyrion. Just ask me what Tyrion was gonna do. Oh, I said Tyrion. I meant Jamie. What's Jamie gonna do? Die no. in a pile of rocks? What do you expect Jamie to do? Like. Cersei, he knows Cersei is pregnant. You oh, so it was a rhetorical question. Basically. You... <laughs> the pregnancy is the one thing. It is the only thing. It is the only acceptable thing that sells me on the fact that Jamie went through this whole character arc of betrayal and then redemption and humility 
and finding himself again and falling in love with Brienne and then breaking her heart to go back to Cersei. Fucking Cersei. The only thing that makes sense that is acceptable is because she is having a child. They didn't do enough to sell me on that. They they did make it clear that she's having a child and all of that. They should have sold it more. They should have sold it so much more. There should have been any question that Jamie was going back to her because of the child. I, am, of, I guess I, I guess all her motivations prove that maybe she was pregnant. Uh, but I was about to say, I don't even know that she was ever pregnant. I'm pretty convinced she, she was. She didn't just use that as a tool to get people to... The two guys, no. Euron and Jamie, to do what she wanted. She used it as a tool. There's no doubt about that. But I do, which is what makes me question it. But then, then the other part too yeah. is that a lot of her decisions when they weren't around were because of the bait. Yeah, and I mean, there's been he, he's always said they wants to die in the arms of the woman he loves and all that crap. I I don't believe it because. It wasn't. It wasn't just two nights with Brienne. It was. It was the scene of him and Brienne in the bathtub. It was this. It was everything that they had been together. Him wanting to serve under her. Him knighting her. All of that. There was so much there that was a great story arc for Jamie. And. It yeah. all gets removed if he goes back for Cersei. But if he's going back for the child, it's far more redeemable. Like, sell us on that. Because I feel like that's what he was doing. I, I'm i just not, I'm not convinced. I have doubts. And I, I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um. And yeah, you know, maybe J- Jamie's just that guy. I don't know. <laughs> disappointing um you have anything say anything else say about jamie and that just that the death after you know all, right. all these seasons wasn't enough i really thought we were gonna get something with cersei where something where Somebody hacks her head off. She gets executed. She gets put on trial. <laughs> Something. Hound should have just stabbed her as she walked by. I didn't have a problem with it. No, I didn't either. I'm just saying. That would have been better than what happened. Because yeah. Then we would have, we had, at that point, we would have had two ridiculously awesome deaths. But. Like, right in a row. I think that's what's so good about the way she died is the fact that it was it was kind of believable. The fact that she's trying to escape and then gets smashed like I I mean it's it was believable. It's just not what I wanted. Like I wanted to see Cersei pay, but alas there but was But here's none the of other that. part to it. Look at it, look at it from the other side. Such a horrible person died under a pile of rocks. <laughs> That's fair. You would think that, oh, you're so big and badass, you know, put it on display for the whole world to see or make it so gruesome and whatever. No, 
guess what? Your death was so meaningless. Not meaningless, but just so... The way it happened was just so bad. Look at you. Here's the yeah. question. Who's worse, Danny or Cersei? What, as a person? At this point, yeah. Well, I didn't know anyone in King's Landing, so I don't have a yeah, ton of sadness for them. So That's true. And, you know, I think that's what I actually liked about the way I mean, Cersei and Jaime died is, you know, the fact that they're... W- that you didn't get they, that closure that you wanted. I'll say this. They did a very, very good job of trying to make what I just said actually happen by using Arya. Basically, the whole all the scenes with Arya were to show all of these people are dying. All these people are just dying in the crossfire, not knowing why, and just here they are. And they use Arya... And Arya almost dying or not being sure that so Arya good. was going to live yep. to make you feel for the people, the innocent people of King's Landing that were dying. That, that was the point of all of that, I believe. And it did it. It was amazing. It was awesome to watch. It still didn't happen because to me it was just like, okay, these people are innocent. They shouldn't be dying. Okay. But the stories about the main characters, what does that do for you? So, but. All those scenes with Arya were awesome. Yep. And I think that's why they did them. And so let's move into the, the Klegan Bowl. Well, leading because, up to the Klegan Bowl, the scene of okay, so Arya, him and Arya. The scene of him and the Hound and Arya just before they split paths. What I love. Literally. Go ahead. Literally, the only person who could say this to her. 100%. And it resonate. Yep. The only person. Yep. Lived his entire life looking for revenge against his brother. Yep. Tells her who's still young, if you do this, you're going to end up like me. Yep. And I'm telling you, you don't want to be like me. And then her realizing, hey, and and like you could see it on her face. It almost looked like she was going to tear up and and cry, turning around and deciding, hey, I'm not going to follow him there. I'm not going to do this. And then, thanks. I thought it was so awesome. This, you know, her call, hey, you know, hey, Sandor, calling him by his name. I mean, has around. anyone called him Sandor? I, that is why. I hit, mean, right? That's why nobody. It hits you. You're like, yep. nobody calls him that. And that's, he calls her that. She calls him that. And he turns around to it. And that's when she thanks him. And then, that scene and that whole is scene was amazing to me. So good. Like, like her yeah. walking and him grabbing her by the arm. You know, most people don't like to be grabbed and the, the things like this. And she just, like, she wasn't mad. She just turned to listen to him. Like, because almost as if she knew that they, they were similar in a way. They were on the same path. And he told her, you know, and, don't do this. And this is the story of revenge. I mean, the, the way they cut the scenes between him and Arya, you see the two paths of revenge. You see the redemption route of Arya going through mm-hmm. and surviving hell and fire and fighting through all that to survive versus Sandor, who goes to the goal, the revenge, 
only to have to kill yourself to get that end goal. And it, it is it is just that whole end. If you if you want to bitch about scorpions, I think you're wrong. If you want to bitch about there not being enough to convince you that Danny has gone crazy, I can't disagree as much as I wish I could. But if this doesn't sell you, I don't know what to tell you. You you, I don't know this. This was classic Game of Thrones. The the dichotomy between your decisions and where decisions end up leading you and taking you and consequences and and the stuff with Arya trying to save the girl takes them out of a building because it's the only way to survive only for them to end up getting killed and god it's just it was all so good this was one of my favorite episodes. Um, maybe not my favorite episode of Game of Thrones, period. No, but damn, it was a good episode. So I, this is off topic. I'm just curious. Um, oh, man. Now, where was I going? I have with no this? idea. That's a great question. Where do you think you were going? I was thinking of a quiz that I took earlier about all of Game of Thrones. Okay. And while you're thinking about that, I d- Oh, okay. okay. So the question became best revenge. Okay. And uh No, it wasn't the best revenge one. I'll I, I'll get back. All right. So I'm to remember now. I don't know if you guys saw this, but on Reddit there was a video. The part where the bells start ringing. And you see Tyrion look up at the bells. Somebody took that and played Hell's Bells by ACDC over it. (laughs) It's so good. It is absolutely amazing. Um, I don't remember if I posted it in, um, you know, our Game of Thrones chat on Discord. Discord Discord.me slash Shadow Order. But if I didn't, I will because it's so good. It is just the way things line up is brilliant. What was it? Man? I have no idea. It's a great question. So, Game Ball 2019. What'd you think? I thought it was awesome. I thought the ending was perfect for uh, the Hound. So... I mean, there's you. You can unpack so much from this one scene of, you know, the fact that it was the fire and that whole situation when they were kids that created this just complete and total hatred and this story of revenge, only to end back in the fire that created it in the beginning. It's the full circle it's the just the the mountain killing kyburn is that the best death in game of thrones (laughs) i mean that was listed on one in the quiz i was talking about uh there's a bunch of twitter polls and one of the twitter polls was 
most epic death, and it was he was listed as one, and I think he was the leading vote getter because it was just like, yep, you're it, dead. Yeah, it was just so good. Um, so he smashes Kyburn's head in entirely. Cersei. Just kind of tiptoes down the stairs past Just them. right past Sandor. Sandor doesn't give a shit. I mean, and that was what he told Arya. That's why he told her to leave. It doesn't matter. This crazy dragon bitch is going to burn the whole... He's gonna burn, she's going to burn all this shit to the ground. Cersei's dead. She ain't making out alive. Save yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's... He, he doesn't care if Cersei gets past him or not. He knows she's dead. He's focused on one thing, the mountain. And that whole freaking scene with him in the mountain is just absolutely spectacular. It's, I mean, absolutely awesome fight scene. You see the dragon flying in the background, laying waste to everything. It's, God, it's so good. So, so good. Did you have any complaints at all about the clinic? Clegamble, because I sure as hell did not. I was annoyed it was on stairs. And the... I don't know. This is a small, minor complaint. I wish it was on flat ground. Fighting on stairs is just so weird to me. And from the very... And we've all learned from Star Wars. When you have the high ground, you're already at an advantage. Well, I think that's what they're trying to get across, though. Is... Sandor is he's downstairs from his brother he's he he doesn't have the high ground he's not the stronger one he's we see him stabbing him in the head and he's still he's still going it's it's so good just everything no complaints no complaints about game bowl if you have complaints about game bowl I don't know what to tell you yeah, I was uh, completely, completely happy. Yep, I am, and everything leading totally to with it. you, one hundred percent. The stuff with him and Arya was always brilliant, always is every single season. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. So we have Danny flying around, burning the whole freaking city to the ground. She burns the castle, the red keep, everything just melts all the shit. Dragon fire, apparently very powerful. Um, and we have the scenes of Arya running through the city, trying to survive. Only to find the one odd white horse at the end. Does it, uh... Man, we're both yawning. That is a bad sign. Doesn't uh Isn't there a white horse in the in Revelations in the Bible? That's the interesting thing. So there is a reference actually in Game of Thrones books and in the Bible to the the white mare. I think in the Bible it talks about the, you know, um you know, it's basically talking about the four horses of the apocalypse and, you know, yeah, death, you know, 
behind behind the horse follows death. Um, I can't remember exactly how it's worded, but basically. Here it is. I looked and behold a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow and a crown given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Based on the above, or that's the passage. Basically, it refers to conquest. Um, says something about the, uh, you know, and death following, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to find the actual. All right, so, and then there's everything with the kid that she's trying to save that's actually holding the little white horse. I've seen a lot of theories about Bran warging into the white horse. There was something in this episode I kept planning on trying to find time to go back and watch, but there, I swear to God, there were crows at one point that took off flying from inside the city. I don't know what that is trying to hint at, but there was something, there's something to that that I think may end up mattering. But, um, So, I'm trying to find the quote from the books regarding the white horse. Um, and, and it's basically about Danny's fate, you know, as far as the, the white mare coming and... I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I think Arya is about to kill Danny. What do you think? Uh, would it be that obvious? That's my only thing. She killed the, she killed the uh, Night King. Is she really gonna be the one that kills Danny? Here's what's gonna happen. John is going to get. Here's that. Here's that. uh, You find it. Okay. Revelation six eight. I looked in there, and before me was a pale horse. Its rider's name was Death, and Hell followed close behind him. They were given power over the fourth of Earth to kill, sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beast. Mm. He was death, and hell followed behind him. Well, we'll see how this turns out. But I am totally expecting that Arya will kill Danny. I think that these are my predictions for episode six. Danny is going to execute Jon Snow for treason. She is going to burn him. At which he will be left standing because the Lord of Lights who brought him back from the dead says that he is not done. He will survive the dragon flames. Arya will kill Daenerys Targaryen as as an unsullied, as a Dothraki, something along those lines. John, as Grey Worm, who she killed earlier. Ooh, maybe. And John will not take up the crown. The city is destroyed. The Seven Kingdoms will split. And there will be no more ruler of the Seven Kingdoms. Sansa will be Lady Queen of the North. 
And I think that is where we will end this show. I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, I've seen so many theories, and all of them seem to be possible. But I just want to watch it without any expectations and finish it out and see what happens. Totally fair. And, of course, uh, we will be back next week to talk about Episode 6 of Game of Thrones. Do you have anything else you would like to mention regarding Episode number 5? I can't think of anything. I think we covered everything that I was thinking about my favorite my highlights the Clegane bull obviously Cle- you know Sandor and Arya Arya at the end all the scenes with her trying to dodge the fire and then basically one of the biggest things I didn't say or talk about was the fact how hard John tried to get the Northmen to retreat Dude, before it actually happened I know. that's a good point like he kept telling them to stop, and every time he tried to do his thing and get his guys to stop, he started getting attacked and had to stop his own his own retreat. And so it just never really happened until finally towards the end there. Yeah. So, yeah, that was interesting. Tough. We'll we'll see where things land because you know John's men weren't exactly following his orders, so we will see mm-hmm. if. Um, We'll we'll get to see how this plays out in episode six. So tune in after the podcast next week and we will finish off Game of Thrones. It's been fun, but we are both yawning like crazy. So I need to get some sleepy sleep. So does this guy. And we will catch you guys (laughs) next week. All right. Later, everyone. Enjoy the finale. Later.